There she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Rich. This is Pixie. Welcome to the Tri-Tac Games Podcast. Your podcast of going into the night and finding out that you're not alone. You're altered and changed. Blah, blah. I want to drink your ripple. <laughs> I don't drink wine. Ripple is not wine. <laughs> um, this week we are talking about vampires in Bureau 13 and uh, why haven't they taken over the place and killed off all the humans? So uh, there was a study done by a num- well, there's been a number of studies done by people who are actually sociologists and various epide- uh Okay, I'm not going to say it right. What's the one who's a study in, in, in disease? Epidemiology. Epidemiology. There we go. Uh, and what they did was that they said, look, you know, assuming that any of the stories we hear about vampires are true, then how long would it take them to basically bring human human race to a tipping point? Okay, and it doesn't take very much, according to them. I personally am not convinced. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that as long as vampires are lightly <laughs> populated into, into the general population, that there's no reason why they can't continue, uh, mm-hmm. assuming, of course, that they, you know, find some means of getting their uh, nourishment without slaying of, of, of sentience. But uh, we'll talk about that. First, we want to say that uh, in the Bureau 13 world, we commonly talk about the fact that all stories are true. According to John Ryer, I was the first one who said that. Okay, And, and, and if I did, okay, I, I want people to understand that when I say that, that means that there is no story that cannot dovetail with another story as long as you do the work to make it work. Okay, I mean, obviously, if you, you know, throw everything in creation into your game world, it's not going to hold together. It's, it, you know, you, I mean, it's, it, there's no way that the supernatural can remain, you know, unfound or all these other things. I mean, you have to do the work to make it work as a game world. 
And there are some things that, you know, that, that really can't work directly. I mean, as John said, you, um, a, a hollow earth by definition doesn't work because of the physics. So you either have to come up with some saying that, okay, well, it's hollow, but the gravity on the inside is actually magical gravity. And therefore, you know, it, it works because it should be yeah. zero G on the inside because of the way uh, mass pulls on each other inside the sphere. So John's answer to that is, well, it's a, po- it's, it's a pocket dimension or it's a, an alternate, um, you know, yeah. an alternate universe, uh, whatever. I mean, you, know, you can make it work if you do the work to make it work. And that's one of the challenges for the GM, especially in a game like Bureau 13, where we don't, you know, tell people, no, no, you can, this can't be with that. Or, you know, you, you can't have, you know... Uh, three different kinds of vampires. As a matter of fact, you know, you can have as many vampires as you want as long as you, you know, figure out how to make them coexist along with all the other supernatural creatures. Yes. Historically, there's over a hundred different kinds of vampires in the mythologies on our world alone. And mm-hmm. the way that works is because most of these mythologies are limited to a geographical area. Right. So the the ones, you know, the, the vampires in China are not the vampires that are in Australia, and the vampires in England are not the vampires in in uh, France. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 vampires in Japan aren't human. The the the, the tapa or the uh, I'm trying to remember the kappa. The kappa. They're not. They're they're not human. They're monsters. They're like humanoid turtles with a small indentation in the top of their head that they have water in. And they can't spill the water. Yeah, a way to defeat them is to get that water out of their head because it just makes them sort of docile. I didn't know that the kappa were actually considered blood drinkers. Well, vampires in mythology aren't human. I think it's te- technically it's mostly European, and maybe it's in the Chinese ones because they maybe got some cross pollination that actually have humans becoming vampires. Yeah, the hopping vampires. Yeah, that can track your yeah. breath. Our major tra- you know tradition is the Eastern European, limited to the Carpathian area vampires. You know, if you look at a vampire, they're all based on Dracula. Yeah, basically that's what most of us are familiar with. So what are kinds of vampires are there, Bruce? Well, okay. So um, what I did was is that I kind of broke it down into some general categories. Because, I mean, there really are an infinite number of vampires. I mean, there's so many vampire films out there that, you know... You pick and choose amongst the various tropes that are vampire. Okay, so I, my personal opinion, what I like more than anything else, and this is a different kind of vampire, is that I believe that vampires are basically dead people. And I don't mean undead. I mean they're dead. All right, and what they've done is, is that their minds are locked into their corpse, and so they're basically a ghost that's animating a corpse. And they have great, and so everything that they do is out of the psychic, uh, supernatural abilities that a ghost actually has. So, of course, they can't be heard if you stab them or all those shoot bullets through them and things like that. They're already dead, okay? And ultimately, the, the older vampires, once their body literally has, has fallen into, in, into atoms or you know bits of tiny tiny bits yeah they can turn themselves into mist or they can turn themselves into a dog or something like that because they're just rearranging the remains 
remains of their corpse. And they're using their mental powers to, of course, make you look, make them look like they're suave gentlemen or ladies, when in fact is they're you know nothing but you know dead things. So uh, that's my point of view on vampires. And of course, that's not quite the same as the other ones. So we'll go. We'll talk about the different kinds. Now, the 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 traditional vampire is the Vlad Tempest vampire. Okay, he's somebody or she who has committed some crime against God and God has cursed them with vampirism. Okay. And so they are now forced to walk the earth, you know, drinking the blood of the innocent, you know, which firstly I, as a Christian, I have trouble with that idea of God doing that. But anyways, this, this still the point is, is that they're, 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 they're tormented. You know, they don't live a happy existence and, but they, they gain great power as a result. You know, uh, they they uh, they have the you know they have these abilities to change in animals. They have the ability to control animals. They have the ability to charm other people and um, and and uh, force living people to do their bidding. Right, super strength, sometimes super speed. You know, uh, it's. It, you know, it, var- it does vary between all the different traditions, but they also have some of the strongest uh, banes of any other vampire. Okay, they're destroyed by sunlight. Uh, they are uh, warded off by a holy symbol or, but, uh, and even damaged if you touch it to them. Okay, uh, an ash stake through the heart will, well... Assuming we don't go by purely the, va- uh, uh, the the Dracula novel, usually a stake through the heart kills a vampire. Right. It's they don't specify what type of wood. It's just a wooden stake. I wasn't there was a particular type. Yeah. Well, one person says ash, another one says it's dogwood. Whatever. Okay. Um, the the one interesting thing is that almost every vampire can be destroyed by burning them. Oh yeah. Basically, if you burn mm. something up to nothing. They're gone. <laughs> and, and, and if you go with the 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 uh, the, the Eastern European, uh, which is a big conglomeration, they also are limited. They they can't enter a residence unless they're invited in, or they can't cross running water, like a river. Yeah, right. They can't cross. And, and they and they have the OCD thing where you know if you throw a you know, millet seed on the ground, they have to stop and count it before they can continue chasing you or approaching. You. Now, see that I I never heard of that one. Yeah, that's there, it's millet is a very common seed amongst farmers and people, so that's why they use it. But really, anything one, yeah. one millet ah, seed. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. The uh, the count, the very traditional um, uh, Dracula vampire is uh, uh, is warded by roses because he was supposedly allergic to roses. Um, I'd always heard garlic, and in my old. Uh, Bureau 13, when I was playtesting D20 Bureau 13, Eric the Enabler played the, the super rich character, Jonathan Michael Price IV, and he always wore a rose. And he told me that roses and garlic are from the same plant family. And that's where the link is. And I looked it up, and apparently roses and garlic are from... They're, they're very similar. They're in the same um, phylum. I think is the term. So that's where that came from. I didn't know about roses, though, that that was an original thing. But okay. And roses are purity. 
Right. Well, almost all the banes that affect traditional vampires because they are cursed creatures are, you know, are things that affect them because they are a symbol of purity in one form or another. Fire, sunlight, the cross, yeah. Yeah, and also they can't, you know, the mirrors do not reveal, they're basically you can't see them in the mirror. Yeah. Though it depend, depends on who you're talking to, whether either you can't see them at all or you can't see them, but their clothes are hanging there like nothing's inside of them. That varies. So, right, yeah. Oh, and in some cases, it has to be a silvered mirror, not one of these new Mylar mirrors that right. you'll see in some places. Right. And and video cameras can in, 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 see when you bring it in the modern day, you're like, well, does a video camera work? You know, because it doesn't have silver and blah blah blah. So you know, it, it's all kind of like you know what what you want to oh. do with it as the GM. But you know, oh, well, that's a good one. I never thought of that one, Bruce. That that old good old fashioned silver night you know, silver nitrite uh, uh, film would not take their pictures. I, I actually sound. I never thought about that. You're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> The original photographs were on on a silver uh, medium. Oh, okay. But uh, decapitation almost always kills vampires, by the way. Uh, And that was what was necessary to finally put down um, uh, Dracula. In the in the novel, putting a stake through his heart wasn't enough to wasn't enough to kill him. It just immobilized him. They called yeah torpor yeah torpor. And then they had to then cut his head off in order to finish the job. I've also heard stuff the mouth full of holy wafers. That's that's the zombies. Okay, I've heard that vampires. No. Zombies. Yeah, I, I heard that with vampires, you stuff the mouth full of garlic, sew it shut, and then bury it at crossroads at midnight <laughs> to make sure it doesn't come back. Yeah, well, like I said, there are over a hundred different kinds of vampires out here, so you know mm-hmm. you are going to get a lot of variety in that regard. Okay, um, yeah. silver may or may not harm vampires. I've read lots of stories where it, it was like you know it was like acid to them, kind of like their fey, and they're getting burned by it. Other stories, no, you know, it doesn't have any effect. Okay, then yeah. we move into what I what I refer to as the New American Standard. Okay, and the one, and it's based upon the writings of uh, Chelsea Quinn Yarborough and her count, um, uh, Comte. I can't remember his last name, um, but uh, he's he's a um, oh uh, an alchemist um, and very very rich because he can basically create as much gems as he needs to, and he's always rich and and it, it, they're very romantic. Um, and he doesn't drink the blood of everybody in sight. You know, he only does it rarely and only with permission. And so he's a very you know romantic, uh, not quite a good guy, but he, you know a, a kind of a heroic vampire. And so, uh, but not all New American standards fall. But what we find is that sunlight in the in the New American standard weakens the vampire, but it doesn't actually harm them as long as they're in contact with their burial soil. Okay. So basically, it's it's proto sparkly vampire, way proto. Oh. Okay. okay, so but I mean, it's, it's sunlight does weaken them. Sunlight weakened uh, Dracula. Okay, he wasn't actually you know fully damaged. Now, if you go to the uh, movies, uh, yeah. all the Hammer films, I mean, he was just you know it, it was devastating. Most of the, um, uh, but anyways, uh, burning them is still really good. Decapitation works. And holy water, generally speaking, works against the new American um, standard vampire as well as holy symbols, okay? But okay. then we run into the Anne Ricean vampires. 
Ah, uh, yes, the vampire Lestat. It seems that as we move through time, they make the vampire Banes weaker and weaker and weaker. You know, um, the, again, burning is the be- in this case, burning is almost the the only method of destroying a vampire under Anne Ricean. Um, sunlight is burns them, but you could also burn them with just fire. Uh, so uh, sunlight is the biggest thing that causes them damage. Uh, you can uh, uh, make them extremely weak if you feed them dead blood, which is blood which is from a corpse. Um, and uh, so either by injecting it into them or giving it to them to drink under the, under the you know, tricking them into thinking that it's actually, you know, fresh and it makes them very, very weak. Uh, staking them basically doesn't kill them, but it lets the blood out of them. So, and and it follows the idea that that's that the life is in the blood, which is a b- biblical reference. And so, vampires who lose blood from their bodies as a result of damage become weaker because they don't have that blood in them to energize them. That's kind of you know the and rising. They have they have super strength. They have super speed. Um, it's, uh, they don't really have mental powers, really. It's, just, it's they move so fast that a lot of times they they can create illusions, you know, because of that. Uh, they described that it looked like you know his arm stretched out, you know, uh, across the room and picked something up and put it down uh, in one of the descriptions. But really, it was him moving so fast and moving back that the, it created that blur effect of. Of, of stretching like that. Wow. So that's the, uh, now, now we're not talking about the really, really ancient vampires that they talk about in the later novels. Uh, you know, the queen of the damned and stuff like that. You know, those people are not the run of the mill vampires. Okay. You know, and, and you can always create a godlike vampire who has all kinds of things. They, uh, they, uh, they have the ability to fly, uh, especially if you, you know, again, if you suck the blood of the god vampire, then all of a sudden you can fly. But normally vampires don't fly. Uh, but they move so fast, you know, they can leap tremendous distances, and you might assume that they were flying, just like the Hulk. Now, you know, everyone used to think that the Hulk flew until they found out that oh, he's just jumping. He's just really, really strong, and so when he jumps, he just goes for like a mile. It's just we're talking about gaming. You know, the vampires that have. M- so uh, I don't know, solidified uh, the the idea of a modern vampire has been the white wolf vampires. Okay, and they the masquerade, yeah, right. Well, it's it's the mass vampire, the masquerade, and what they've done is that they still have the same thing. You know, they they drink blood. Uh, they they can't be out in the sunlight, though. Sometimes, depending upon what their powers are, they can you know uh, uh, can do that. Um, and so, what they did was is they simply went and took a whole lot of magical and 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 traditional vampire powers and even psychic powers and they basically boiled them down into these categories and there's like I'm looking at this I think there's like about 15 different categories of powers and you know you could you could basically say uh, take a uh, a game that had magic in it or a game that had psionics and if you put all the powers together and and, and sorted them together you'd basically have the same thing except they're vampires 
So, you know, uh, and they gave them funny names. Like, auspic is a discipline that grants vampires supernatural senses. So they have the, you know, so they can see better, they can hear better, um, but they also have the ability to do object reading and some divination and things like that. So it's a kind of a, a mix. You know, they have the uh, they have one called Fortitude, which grants unearthly toughness, even to the point of resisting fire and sunlight. So, you know, if you really, really, you know, took your character and vampire character and pushed it in that direction, then some of the banes would no longer work on you. And uh, and and that's and that's fine with us in Bureau Thirteen because Richard's uh, bane chart says right at the very top is that some you know some of the banes. For, you roll individually for each monster, and, that, and some of the, the monsters are immune to some of the banes. So you know, the idea that, that that vampires are not just one you know, t- you know cookie cutter template, even within their own let's use the word species, is very you know is fine in, in Bureau Thirteen. It's already built into the game concept that there are so, you know that, that vampires. Are just like human beings are going to be different based upon their life experiences, about what they've run into, any kind of learning that they've done, any kind of magical or psychic powers that they've been able to accrue from whatever means. I mean, magical devices, learning to be a mage, uh, learning to be a you know a psychic. You know, it's all possible in in the game. So. That's why you know we don't have a problem with that, and that and but that's what they did because they want their White Wolf wanted their vampires to be like you know so tough that essentially human beings don't matter. You know all the interactions inside of va- in the vampire game are pretty much between vampires. It's you know, you're, you're, you just basically you're, you're it's a different species of superheroes or super powered beings. I don't want to use the word hero when we're talking about vampires. Though no. you can be a hero and be a vampire, no. but I'm just no. saying that the, the concept of the game I think precludes the idea of them being uh, them being heroes and maybe anti heroes. Well, we we've, we've discussed Bureau Thirteen and World of Darkness before. It was one of the two that Habibi was here with me. Right. And basically, yeah. they're warring clans. So, yeah, human to, humans to them are insignificant side thoughts. The people you're going to be fighting are other clansmen. Right. That's how they do that game. Humans, it's like you could breathe on them and they disintegrate. That's pretty much the level of... And that's one of the reasons why I'm not really into the world of darkness, because just you're a human and it's like you're nothing. You are less than chattel, right? But in the Bureau Thirteen world, you got to give a give the humans a fighting chance, and they did do that somewhat with the um, uh, with the Hunter's book. And they've come out with another book since then in the new editions. They actually gives hunters a pretty good, you know, gives them a pretty good standing against the vampires. But essentially, you know, you're talking if you bring an an I'm sorry a a, a white wolf vampire into your into your bureau 13 world then you're talking about some pretty powerful vampires yeah now uh, i think in the dresden files uh, i unfortunately i haven't read them but i've been listening to uh, some dresden files their vampires are kind of in between that uh the white court and the i forgot what the other courts are they are kind of powerful but they're also kind of more like the old, older style American standard. Uh, so they, they're there, they're, they're, they're powerful, but they're also there. You can take 
him down with things like, you know, uh, weapons. I'm not quite sure if they actually have the uh, the problem with, you know, entering a place they're not invited to. Well, and, and my biggest suggestion having to do with the um, uh, the, the vampires uh, of White Wolf is if you do bring him into the game, then yes, uh, one of the things that you want to keep is the they can't come in unless they're invited. Because that that's what that'll give you a safe place you can go to that they can't reach you without you know bringing up you know going down to the local armory and bringing up a couple of you know sassel charges or hurling them at your house. Yeah, yeah, and and also they can't you know unless they get invited in by the bouncer they can't they can't enter any of the good good nightclubs. Well, most night uh, uh, most uh, anything that's considered a public. Area is usually okay for them to move in. I'm talking about the gated ones, the ones that basically you have basically you have to pass muster to get in. Those technically you need to be invited in. Okay, and, well, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, actually, there's this movie that came out. It's like I think like 30. I forgot how long it was. About three vampires living together and all their problems, and it shows one scene where they're busy trying to get a bouncer to invite them in. Oh, okay. That's a, it's a recent uh, movie. It's like yeah, we who live in the shadows or something. Yes, like that. yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. It's uh, I've had a lot of people tell me about it. So, yeah. anyways, the kicker: you can just sit there and mind since vampires have mind control. Being invited into a place is just you want to let me in. Yes, come on in. Yeah. No, no, no it's, it's the wording of your own free will. Ah. Uh, so if you're mind control, there's not their free will. So you can't do your vampire Jedi tricks on them. Well, I, I don't think that's that's entirely true because they had that in the Hammer films, but he was still, you know, able to get seduce women to do that. And so there were yeah. usually there were ways of getting around it, either by getting them to take your blood. Well, they're, you know, during the day, and so you basically have some power over to them, or other things you know, along the way. There were tricks. There's always yeah. tricks and ways to get around things. So, yeah. um, you know, most, and, of thing, most of the thing of Barnabas Collins, because uh, not the one with Johnny Depp. I'm talking the original Barnabas Collins, because yeah. uh, he, because if you're not familiar with the series, he the, the series is in two parts. It was him back in the past, what the 18th, 18th century. Yeah, yeah. And basically, he then gets well. He wasn't killed. They did the worst thing they can do to a vampire. They locked him in a tomb, sealed it shut, and chained him to, and chained him in place. So he couldn't get out, he couldn't feed, and he couldn't sleep. And he was like that for a hundred and so years before he finally the chains rusted enough that he was able to break free and get out. Actually, somebody let him out. Oh, someone let him out? Okay, I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, I, that I, was actually, the beginning of season two. Yeah, so, but yeah, he's, uh, the vampires, that is one thing I think all, this about every vampire has to do, though. They have to sleep on their native soil. Yes. Well, it, it can, you can vary that. It could be your native soil, it could be your burial soil. It's, mm-hmm. it's basically some kind of a, you know, um, the, you know, it's the rest of the dead, so you need something that is iconically related mm-hmm. to, to death and rest. Yeah, which is why Dracula, when he came to Eng- came to England, or no, it wasn't England though. He was uh, Mina Harkin. Where is she? She was his. Was it England? Where it was, was England. It? Okay, it was. All right. Basically, shipped a bunch of coffins full of dirt. Yeah, yeah. He it, all over, uh, all over oh. uh, London was shipped. And the not reason just, why not just Carfax Abbey. 
Yeah, and the reason why he was making deals with with the with her fiance because he needed to buy property. If it's his property, he can enter it anytime he dang well feels. Right. Yeah, that's exactly true. Yeah. Right. So okay. So that's just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So moving on. Okay. Then we have the Twilight vampires, <laughs> and they are a vast divergence from the other ones. And, uh, you know, I mean, never mind the sparkly part of it, but the fact that they can pretty much walk around as long as it's not direct sunlight. They're, you know, any, any kind of indirect sunlight they're fine in. They even have their special powers, but they all have a special gift outside of their immortality, super strength, and super speed. They, uh, they do have to feed, uh, but a lot of the different vampires don't have to feed on humans. They can actually feed on animals. Uh, and they just prefer to feed on humans because either A, it tastes better, or B, it provides a stronger you know, response, or C, um, you know, there's they, a vestige of their humanity. They, they, you know, they'd rather do it to a human than to do it to an animal, you know? Which led to the most ridiculous vampire of all in Howard the Duck, the Vampire Cow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Basically, a vampire. He could. He needed a snack. The only thing available was a, was a dairy cow. He drained it dry. I mean, how much blood is that? That's like several gallons of blood. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and but I mean, and even the uh, Anne Riceian vampires. I mean, they had this one guy that literally would drain three or four people of blood. So you know, he, he was basically a big blood sack. You know, he was enormous and fat, and it was full of blood. So it just depends on, again, how you describe your vampires. If they're just basically big sacks of blood, you know, gain power from that and, 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 the, and, and the connection to their, uh, the original demonic source of their, their, their power, then, you know, yeah, they, uh, they're not going to be the same as a person who just happens to need a little bit of a blood to energize them and make them work as a, as a being, you know, uh, that does bring up the, the question of whether or not are we talking, they need blood or they need life force. Cause I remember cause when D and D dealt with vampires, it was life force. They were, yeah. they were draining levels. They're draining life force. So substitutes do not work for them. They need life force. Right. And well, therefore you, you could gain a level off of a cow. I mean, is, is what, yeah. Oh, Oh yeah, but I'm saying that you know the the, tr- the standard trope is for modern day vampires they they're basically living off of the nearly expired blood from the local blood bank. Sorry, it doesn't work. You got to take it from the source. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if that's if that's the case. Right. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, it's it's all it's a very you know mystical kind of thing. You know, life is in the blood. That's still living blood. You know, it's so mm-hmm. therefore it would still work. If you don't need a lot of blood, then that would be okay. But if you need a lot of power, then you know, then yeah, you might have to suck it away from uh, mm-hmm. you know a person and prefer and probably children would be preferable because children are supposedly have a lot more life force than some doddering fifty year old person like. And they're much more innocent, too. Oh, bite me, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. So and then there's all the rest of the modern vampires, okay? And we're talking mm-hmm. Fright Night, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, mm-hmm. my my best friend is a vampire, all these different ones. And there's just... Suki's, a very important one on TV for many years was Suki's Stackhouse. <laughs> 
Right. And the uh, True Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a very, very good series. Right. And, and, uh, don't, but, forget, and don't forget Angel. Right. Yeah. That's, that's basically Buffy the Vampire. Buffy. I, yeah. I just Buffy I had a problem with True Blood. I mean, the one episode I saw it was a good episode. My thing is, oh, yeah, vampires have been totally integrated in society because they have this synthetic blood that they can drink, and it's like, I'm sorry, just vampires, one, they know that they're distanced from humanity by their undeath, and two, just no, humans would not, oh, yeah, sure, come on over, yeah, never mind that at any moment you could snap and rip my neck out. I just had such a problem with the concept of true blood. Well, okay, yeah. I, I, not not that we want to get too deeply into it, uh, Trav, but 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 believe me, the entire series was about this tautology of you know uh, we're trying to integrate into human society, but we're not humans, you know, and and the uh, and and basically what it comes down to is is that um, a they're all they were hiding, you know, uh, so they were already part of the government. So the government was willing. To, the government was willing to come to an agreement because you were kind of mm-hmm. making an agreement with yourself. And secondly, was that they didn't want to fight with the vampire because the vampires could just blow right through. You know, most of their uh, you know their their soldiers couldn't stand up to them. I mean, you'd literally have to do a whole you know slash and burn. You know, just just carpet bomb the area to take out most vampires because they're just so fast and and everything else. They were literally running. You know. You know, like like super, Superman in in uh, low, um, uh, Smallville, you know, 400 miles an hour or something like that. He was like, how do you shoot something by like that when they're just zipping around like that? So, um, yeah, it, it was an ongoing thing. And, and at least they tried, you know, and, and, and you know, it was it was good in that regard. They, they, there were some vampires that literally had just been made vampires. And so they... Uh, and they, they didn't want to eat anybody. They were like, oh, man, I, I get this true blood. I don't have to suck down people's blood. Great. Let me drink this stuff. So you had a wide variety in your vampire society. You had the people that were like, nothing's as good as real human blood. And then you had the other people who were like, you know, please, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> Let me drink this true blood here. I'm, I'm fine with that. Thank you very much. Um, I just have the concept of, the two different species trying to coexist at all. Yeah, and it doesn't work. You know, I mean, they 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 try all kinds of different things, and 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 it's a very it's a very long and varied series. So you know, you've got werewolves in there, you've got fake creatures, you've got just a whole bunch of stuff running around in this in in, in this show. So uh, at one point. Uh, the humans needed the vampires to protect them from protect them from other vampires who had this disease that would make the humans sick. So you know they were like they they formed alliances with the vampires for their protection because of their super speed and strength and things like that. Yeah, actually, actually, when you said it's, uh, two species, that is another vampire type. That is, they're not um, they're, they're human, but they're not human human. That is, they're not they're, they're not they're in fact not supernatural creatures. What are you talking about, John? Oh, uh, it basically is a couple novels, um, a couple stories where the vampires were actually a, 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 a separate hominid line. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so many different yeah. kinds of vampires. Yeah. Um, yeah. the, um, uh, Jacqueline Lichtenberg, 
she had mm-hmm. vampires that sucked energy out of people and they were aliens. But they oh, looked yeah. just like you and me. You know. Oh, wasn't that a movie? I, I knew Jack Owen from a long time ago. Oh, yeah. didn't it? Well, what are you saying? They had they they were called Symes and Gems. It was post World War uh, post World War Three, yeah. And okay. the, this form of humanity could take the energy out of normal people, but only if they allowed it. Otherwise, it would really burn and hurt the human being. It would kill them. Yes. Yeah. See, they all thought that the vampires had to kill, but then they found out that the human willingly gave up the energy. It actually didn't kill the human, and so they would form partnerships between the vampire and, and a human to provide the sustenance that the vampire needed. So yeah. you know, they, they they found workarounds, and, yeah. it, and then and then there was integration. So um, yeah. so, but going back to the modern vampires. Uh, generally speaking, again, very generally, because every time you have a vampire, there's exceptions and, and, and writers go a different way. But essentially, uh, outside of sunlight and fire, no bane always works unless the user believes that it'll work. You got to have faith is the, is the mantra here. Okay. So yeah. holy water and holy symbols and the stake through the heart, um, you know, that'll work, you know, but usually you have to believe it. Usually the stake in the heart works in general, but like holy water and holy symbols and garlic and all those other things usually don't work unless the, the person who's wielding it actually believes that it will work and has faith. You know, that- yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of from, from oh, uh, Chris Claremont's uh, helming of X-Men. They fought a vampire. And there's Wolverine. He take, takes two claws and forms a cross, and the vampire just bats him aside. Then he goes after Kitty Pride and he screams in pain because her star David worked because she believed and, and Wolverine didn't. Wolverine's an atheist. Sorry, you have to rich, toss around you know, Richard Dawkins. You, you drive him away, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. So right. there was a wonderful movie called The Fearless Vampire Hunters mm-hmm. where a guy pulled up a cross and pointed it at the vampire and the vampire goes, Oi, have you got the wrong vampire? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it won't if you're if you're really pointed at it, as you as you said, uh, you know, if you're the wrong uh if the vampire and you don't share the same faith, then that bane won't work. So, you know, it's but generally mm. speaking, these kinds of things do work uh if you mm. believe. Now stake through the heart. Uh, especially with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she was just likely running around stabbing everybody with Mr. Pointy. Uh, that worked all the time. Sunlight always worked. And then when you moved into the modern age, we started having some high-tech solutions like ultraviolet light generators. Um, you're, you're Underworld, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But also in the Blade series, they actually had like one woman. She, she had like a, um, a sword that was actually uh, – uh, a beam of, of ultraviolet light, and she could slash through vampires with it. I must remind you from it's a web comic called uh, Sluggy Freelance. Oh yeah. Um, oh and, yeah. And, and their riff made the 100 stake gun. It fired 100 stakes all at once. Oh. Guaranteed that at least one one of them will hit the heart, <laughs> almost. 
Okay. Yeah. So, that. so, so you know, and, and like I said, you know, in modern day, they pretty much you know grab all the tropes and mix and match them together. Mm-hmm. But those things hold pretty true in most of the representations because you want the humans to have something they can use. You know, and so yeah. you know, generally these things still work. You know, um, the vampire powers that we see uh, in general are animal control transformation to animal or mist or even a monstrous fighting form like we saw at the end of the original uh, Fright Night. Um, mm-hmm. Mind control, suggestion, charm, even invisibility, the ability to see through other people's senses. Uh, you could control the living by, you know, uh, by them sharing blood with you and therefore you could then control them, summon them, you know, do whatever. You could sire vampire spawn. They're always seen, most vampire stories involve the ability to create more of themselves. And that's where going back to our original question is, you know, how do you keep the vampires from basically taking over? They usually yeah. have super speed. Um, it may be just uh, a part of the mind control where they're sl- you're, they're not fast. You're just slower because they're confusing you. Um, a lot of them can fly just like levitation, uh, but others have to transform into like a, a bird or a, a bat or something like that. They almost all have like some form of instantaneous healing or they're in what we referred to in Bureau 13 as an altered reality set where the laws that affect them are not the same as the laws around them. So things like bullets, because they didn't exist when they were create when the vampire was created, bullets can't hurt them. Okay. Uh, but a sword might be able to do them some damage. Uh, but almost all of them, you know, like heal almost instantly. Some of them have magic resistance. Barnabas Collins is an example that could stand up to a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the powerful effects that was being done by Angelina toward him. Um, and they themselves may be mages or even be a psionicist. If you go to the idea of what I said originally, which is a vampire is really a ghost that is just linked to a body, their original body. And they're just—they're basically animating that body and doing stuff with them. But really, they're dead. They're a ghost, and they just won't go on because they're psychically locked into that concept of themselves and can't move on. Yeah, or they're stinking rich. Well, they—if you live a long, long time, the theory is that you should be able to be stinking rich. Okay. Yeah. And and if you're immune to almost all, you know, kinds of damage, then going and taking money away from people is pretty easy too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If you could turn in the mist and and flow past the defenses and into the treasury rooms of of all the sheikhs and 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 princes and kings of the world and take you know take a few major items and fly them away with you. Yeah, money's not a problem. But, yeah, but then money may not help you, though, when the People's Republic of, of Slovenia decides to uh, you know, evict you from your castle because you're going to turn it into a, into, a, um, into a training camp. Right, or w- <laughs> when they say that you have to use the coin of the land and all you have is 200-year-old specie. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a big problem for vampires. That's why go, gems are usually better than actually gold or whatever, because then you have to you have to mm-hmm. deal with oh, it's it, what is this minting thing that you've got going on here? Uh, okay, so those are like just a kind of an overview of vampires. You know, the, 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 and all these 
any version of these can be in your Bureau 13 world. And there's no reason why you can't have more than one. And you can even have more than one working together, you know, which mm -hmm. could be very interesting because you think you know all the banes for one vampire and then in comes his partner and uh, she's got different banes and she's laughing yeah. at your holy water, you know, but at the same time is that she's very susceptible to fire or, you know, ultraviolet light, you know, so... Yeah. It's it's the GM has to give the players a chance, so it's always good to just kind of you know figure that out. And uh, and in Bureau Thirteen, your probably your best resource is your um, uh, is is the, is going to be the computer in the RV because it's going to mm -hmm. have these ma this massive database of all these different reports of vampires, all these different kind and. Vampires that are from different kinds of worlds and follow different rules all still have certain behaviors, certain things that identify them as being that type. You know, they're going to have to be true to that type. You know, if you have a, a truly um, sh uh, chimera, a chimera, a vampire, then yeah, you know, you're you're not really being fair to your players because you know the whole point of playing a vampire is it's an iconic character, and you're going to want that character to be iconic and have certain rules and have to follow those rules. So a, your players have a chance of defeating it, and b, it's more of a challenge for the va uh, the vampire to be able to work within its own its own rules, its own laws of mm. existence. Actually, that does bring up the one thing we did. I think every I don't remember we talked about it or not, but that is the uh, I think we may talk about when we talk about monsters as characters. Yeah, uh, playing a character who's a vampire. You've taken the pledge, and you're not going to you know none of your teammates are going to be a convenient source of nutrition, uh, which means in the freezer there's there's Joe's stuff, and then there's your stuff, and no one touches your stuff. Yeah, you know for dinner, <laughs> or or you have a very smelly trailer out behind that has some stuff on the hoof. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, one or the other. Yeah, but yeah, having a having a player character as a vampire that that one. I mean, uh, depending on the game system, I would say if you're using Fate for your Bureau Thirteen instead of traditional stuff, this is where you keep hitting with it. You know, a penny for a penny for for a sip. You know, a Fate point for a sip. You know. <laughs> Time, you know, because that's his that's his weakness. He's a vampire. He, you know, that that, that teammate of his looks awful delicious. Yeah. You know, if he's hurt bad, that sip might may, may actually allow him to heal himself. Right. Well, I I ha had <laughs> players who played vampires many times in in my Bureau Thirteen campaigns over the years, and that yeah. you know, the drinking of the blood was mm -hmm. never really a problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. The problem was a they were never available in the daytime unless you basically said, <laughs> oh yeah, they just have to stay out of the sunlight. They can actually be up during the daytime, and then they'd be in the RV doing research on the computer and and all that stuff. You know, the real problem that you ran into was is that Almost every other player character didn't trust them. They just knew that they were like, and you yeah. know, they were a hair's breadth away from just trying to suck the blood out of everybody in the room. Yeah, I wouldn't trust them. I mean, you know, uh, depending on how vampirism works, it works, and so forth, and what kind of vampire they are, they may have had to want to become a vampire to get the, get this way. You know, you know, you know, instead of well, like from the uh, um, Danny Elf, not Danny Elfman. Oh, the good, the good Dracula with, with Vanilla Ryder. Bram Stoker's. Yeah, yeah, Bram Stoker's. He wasn't yeah. a good Dracula. <laughs> 
I, I, you mean I, it was yeah. a good movie? Yeah, it was a good movie. I okay, liked it. but I'm just saying he was evil. Oh yeah, yeah. But <laughs> there, become a vampire, you basically had to drink his blood. Yeah, become, well, that's become the siring thing. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's you know, we start talking about surviving. You know, uh, and, and yeah. humans, and, and, and you know, with that, that's where we're going to have to start talking about the various mm-hmm. kinds of siring that goes on. Because yeah. uh, that makes a huge difference. If everybody who gets bitten by a vampire turns into a vampire, we got a whole different world going on. That's like you know, you're yeah. you're you are literally you better carpet bomb the area. You know, this is like outbreak. Well, usually, what what I've seen with that is you have the vampire who, yeah, he's just feeding to feeding. If he wants to actually transform somebody. He has to will that transformation, and it's like, okay, I'm drinking from this person one a little bit over the course of three days. On that fourth day, this person will rise and be a vampire under my thrall. I tend to go with the, the person has to want to and not be coerced. So it has to be a, a, of their own free will type thing. They're, they're deciding to become one of the damned. You know, and, and drink. But of course, blood. that wasn't the case in the original Dracula novel. Yeah, yeah, that one. That that one actually was. Well, no, but not everyone who he, he drained turned into a vampire either. So. It, uh, it, well, no, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. he killed everybody on uh, all the crew on the boats as he was coming over. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what, I, what I'm saying is that uh, Nina's uh, friend. I can't remember. Um, what was her mm. friend's name? Um, but I, did, I just read it too. I can't. Yeah, she she um, uh, he just basically comes up on her and sucks her blood, and she gets weaker and weaker until finally she dies, and then she rises as a vampire because she talked she talked dirty basically. <laughs> she, she that made her a, a, a vulnerable woman, and therefore could could fall under his sway. I don't buy that, but I mean maybe that was yeah. a Victorian thing. But um, I'm just saying is it just seemed to me like he was you know taking advantage of her and he was suave and debonair in some of his forms. And, yeah. you know, before she knew it, she was, you know, suffering from, you know, pernicious anemia. And it wasn't very long after that. She, she simply expired from lack of oxygen in her blood. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking of the two Nosferatu movies, the original silent one. And then the remake that was done back in what the eighties or seventies. Both, I, I highly recommend because they're both very atmospheric, uh, very. Uh, th- Are you talking about Shadow of the Vampire? That's thank you. I was trying to remember the name. The one with uh, Willem Dafoe who played Max Shrek, who really was a vampire playing a vampire. Yeah. No, no. This is the one with, with, with the with the bald vampire and the two teeth in the center, two pony teeth in the center. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, a Nosferatu. Yeah. But I thought it was called Nosferatu. It was. The, the original one back in the 30s was, and then they did Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire was about the filming of uh, Nosferatu. Yeah, the Max Shrek character was actually being played you know, by a real vampire. That's right. But, but, but there was actually a, 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 remake, a German remake uh, of, of Nosferatu. Yeah. Remember, Nosferatu was basically Dracula, only without using the name Dracula when it was first made back in the 30s. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you were talking about treating. I'm, this is sort of six in my mind, and I can't remember. I think it was the Universal 
Dracula, Dracula movie. Yes, it was when he was playing, uh, you know, uh, Count Alucard. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and this kid got bit, and uh, Von Helsing uh, painted this uh, ointment on his, on his bite marks in the shape of little crosses. He said, this, you know, this will, this should help. You know, I'm going, well, that's neat. What was in it? Like holy water and what, and something like that, something else, you know, it's, uh, yeah, or silver. Yeah. Probably but it, garlic. It, yeah. Who but, it, but it was black though. But then again, silver will turn black. So it may, it could have been a silver compound. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of silver colloid, but yeah. Um, but yeah, playing a character, play, uh, being a player character, playing a vampire, you really got to decide, you know, uh, if you if you how can I put this? If you became a va- if your character became a vampire because he wanted to be, then that's a different problem than if he was just made a vampire unwillingly by another vampire. So you, you can see either go either way. Well, yeah, if you were if you were willingly going down the vampire path, your teammates, who most would likely be human, be going, we don't trust this guy. He is doing this willingly. But if it's some poor schmuck who got changed and is railing against his inhuman fate by fighting the monsters, you know, fighting fire with fire, he would be a little more, the the latter would be a little more trusted, but they would still have to worry about the bloodlust and realize that is, quote unquote, nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is also different from the person who's a vampire, but a non-supernatural vampire, i.e. there are different hominid species who drinks blood and then burns in sunlight because they're entirely nocturnal. But they're making friends, and they want to see how, how, you know, how, what life is like. And 300 SPF uh, you know, suntan lotion, yeah. that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah they, SPF 1000, right. Yeah. But, oh, okay, so, uh, anyways, uh, so, you know, playing a vampire in the game, you know, what we usually say is, is that it, unless you, you, you create them as a uh, combat monster for you, you know, you're ba- it's basically, they're the plot. You're supposed to go in, destroy the vampire, you know, stop, stop it, its machinations, okay, um, and, and just get rid of it, which is fine, you know, it's a bug hunt, sir, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have to give them a path of redemption, and it's you're going to have to get the other players to buy into it because probably the bureau is going to go, all right, you need to watch this vampire. You know, this we'll give them to you for a while to see if you can observe and see if, if they actually are are true to what they're saying. Because locking them up in a room and and having them go through psychological whatever. That's not anywhere near as interesting for the players as actually having a vampire, you know, a reforming vampire in their midst. I mean, it's, you know, it's like having a drug addict. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a very good description. Yeah, in, fa- in fact, it's it's the thirst. I mean, when you look at a lot of a lot of descriptions, that's the main, you know, the non. Let's make them, you know, people you want to be. Actually, people you don't want to be, which is the thirst, and they have to drink. And they have, and if they don't drink, they basically slowly start going more insane. I'm not saying they're sane already. They're just going to become more insane until they get a, get a good meal in them. Well, here's the thing on that is with most addicts, it's very rarely a physical addiction. It's psychological. With your typical vampire, it's a physical need. 
It's not, oh, I just need it because my mind tells me. No, if I don't drink blood, I am going to go insane and then die. So it's more a physical need, so it's much worse than just a psychological addiction for a vampire. Yeah, well, I mean, that, it's like I will become unsafe if I don't feed. No, what was it, Pixie? The way I've heard it, one of the ones I've heard is, yeah, either they'll go insane and die, or the longer they go without between feedings, the more likely that on that next victim they'll completely lose control and drain them entirely. Oh yeah, because they're making up for lost time, basically. Basically. <laughs> It's like, oh, you look to be about a week. Come here, you. I got something to show you. So it's it's binge it's binge eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did he call me Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> well, heard most of these. My personal favorite that I've heard of dealing with them is you stake it, decapitate it, and burn the separate pieces. Well, see, that, that's why Bruce has been saying, Josie, that just we've had so many iterations of vampires over the past, what, hundred and some odd years since Dracula came out? Something like that. Yeah, and the, and the legends go back hundreds of years before that. Public consciousness pretty much began with Bram Stoker, and then it just went from there. But right. there, there's just such a pastiche of how, what a vampire is and what a vampire isn't that a GM running a vampire at, either as a foe or as a reformed vampire joining the Bureau and basically fighting fire with fire, you have so much to draw from. Yeah, that, there's so many. Yeah, and it it's... You, it, it's like, you know, picking off a Chinese menu, a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, to make whatever fits. It's just you have, and, and there's not even a matter of verisimilitude, because with what Bruce has been saying about, well, we've decided not so much that all stories are true, but you just got to make the various things work together properly. That... It's more like all stories can be true as long as they can be as long as they work together. Yeah. And so just you can pretty much have okay, well, you can have sunlight hurt them, fire may not burn them. If you just put a flamethrower at at a vampire, it's going to go, "Eh, you've burned my clothes. Now I'm naked and going to kill you." But sunlight because it is a natural source that yeah. will kill them. Oh, Okay, we're going to do another... That's, that's the other one I've heard. What? Where, because staking it immobilizes the thing, they'll stake it and then leave it to put in the sun, watching it the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the running water one that gets me, and mm. trust me, I... Oh, no, Josie knows what I'm talking about here. No. I'm, I'm currently... I'm, and I've put in Fringeworthy because I got the characters together. But it's basically Robotech and Nightbane and vampires are involved and it's the Palladium system that I'm using for this new Saturday game. They have, oh yeah, running water harms a vampire. Water pistol. And I'm just like, no. It has to be naturally running water. I'll even take a vampire being in a rainstorm, but just shooting it with a water pistol? 
I don't think so. The only way I would take that is a holy water sprayer? Fine. But just a that and that's in pretty much the Palladium rules. And I'm not bad mouthing Kevin Sabita. As I said, I live nine minutes from the offices there. I have I have nothing but respect for the man. It's just that particular thing. It's like fingernails on the chalkboard. There. I've heard that. Not only have I heard it. Every time I hear something similar, I can feel it. <laughs> okay. Just something inside you cringes. Yeah. <laughs> the entire. Stein just, oh, God. Yeah. Please stop. What was that, John? Oh, when I was running my uh, Beer of 13 campaign years ago, one of the guys suggests, what happens if I uh, shoot myself up with 20 cc's of holy water? Does that make me uh, bite-proof? I said, no, but it will burn. Yeah, you'll have that oil, whatever it is, that <laughs> it running through your system, yeah. Virginia says, oh, holy, you know, holy ceiling solution. I say, no, it's got to be pure water, so you can't put too much in. But and it really it sort of thins out. Eventually, well, actually, this too shall pass. Yeah. And you need to shoot up again. <laughs> this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game. Hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction. No derivatives. And sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.